Wow, what an international break that was. I mean, it's finally over, so thankful for that. And we've got no more international break until June. But while we've been gone, Tottenham have sacked their manager. Yeah, before we get to that, so I'm more shocked by the fact you said, wow, what an international break. More in the terms of what happened over it rather than the actual games itself, other than Scotland beat in Spain. I didn't pay attention to anything else that happened over that international break. That's why I'm more concerned. Are you figuring it right? <laughs> it was more in terms of... You the hate the international happened. break. Yeah. I, I, I always you don't do, even want to compliment competition. it even when it's good. Only when it's uh, meaningful competitions will I care about the international break. I mean, it's kind of it's it's the start yeah Yeah, but it's only the start of it like this game these games aren't going to decide if you get there or not like it's later on but yeah so while we were going Tottenham sacked Antonio Conte yeah like we could get to that later there's way more pressing matters because we we discussed the international break moments because there was quite a few that I want to just just mention first I'll start with Scotland and Spain first because how was Spain making Scott McTominay look like the world's best midfielder also why did he have such a good international break four goals in the two games has he been told he's leaving United and he's got to make himself look good for the the future suitors yeah well uh, it's been heavily rumoured that he'll be going to or Newcastle are after him so you hey, take him on that form. Yeah, he puts on the rest of uh, puts on these performances for the rest of the season. Then Man United will happily <laughs> take it as well. It's a weird thing because there is a player there. There was even a time at United when he was doing very very well. Mm. So who well, knows? Does he go somewhere else and be the player that that has maybe booted to be? Yeah, it's one of them where you look at the other. Uh, See so when you've got. Casemiro coming in, playing phenomenally when he does. Obviously, he's obviously still suspended for this weekend. Then you've had some bits of that shone again over this international break as well. Um, and then I feel like out of him and Fred as like that third midfield position, Fred has been better this season and more consistent. So whilst obviously you never want to see an academy player leave your club, it's one of them where... If we're going to buy a midfielder and we've, again, once again, being heavily linked with Frankie De Jong, I know it's not going to happen. But if United I do never buy never. a midfielder... Oh, no, it won't happen. But if United are going to... You can't predict what market... you're going to do in the summer because who's going to be owning your club, first off? Mm, well, be Frankie De Jong is... True. Uh, but with Frankie De Jong saying he's happy at Barca, that's why I don't see it happening. <laughs> but it's one of them where... If McTominay has to be the sacrifice and we can get somewhere between 14 to 60 million for him, being absolute upper echelons, like 60 is overpay for him, then I think it's a good deal that United would be silly to turn down. Yeah, because there's nothing like adding more to the billion pound debt that you've already got. Uh, (laughs) Near one billion. Oh, yeah, because that changes everything. But uh, the other moment I wanted to talk about, I don't know if you've seen this, what the hell was going on in Argentina with that, with the woman flying down from the heavens with the World Cup show? I have no idea. 
I mean, yeah, it's great that you've won the I World know Cup WrestleMania is this weekend, but she didn't need to go full Shawn Michaels. <laughs> and for those wrestling fans that don't know, think Lady Gaga in the Super Bowl a couple of years back. Well, that was way more dangerous. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, I feel like Argentina, I know it was their first games post-World Cup, but for God's sake, can we start milking it now? It's getting a wine over soon. Do you, do you, do you realise if England had won it, we'd be milking this like five years down the line? <laughs> We're still milking 66 to this day. <laughs> yeah, to be fair. But that's English. You milk football, it every yeah. single, you milk every single minute of this and yeah fair play i thought their celebrations of the first one were pretty amazing to see yeah the second one was just a bit weird hmm. and i'm all for everyone like... doing the emmy martinez <laughs> well you might as well the band's so famous the they've had to change the rules because of him <laughs> uh but yeah um what else happened over the international break? Uh, Harry Kane became England's all-time top goal scorer. Yeah, there was there was that. There was that England looked good for forty-five minutes <laughs> as well until order was restored. Even though we still won both games. I was going to say I have no idea what happened. You weren't games. you weren't watching any of them. Oh, you watched the first forty-five minutes. Actually, no, I watched the whole Italy game. I should say uh, first forty-five minutes was very good. Okay, I guess the team that all right they've. Petered off a little bit, but they're still decent. And as they showed mm-hmm. the second half, it can still be a very good team. England held on, fair play, even if it was crap in the second half. And then the Ukraine game, I didn't pay much attention to over them. Saka's goal, which was lovely. Okay, I'll take your word for it because I literally didn't watch any of the. Not, not even a clip. Did you see a clip online? Genuinely was a Benetton to anything. You got the nerve to start this podcast by saying, God, the international break was amazing, wasn't it? Well, we got talking points from it. Doesn't mean I have to watch the international. All five minutes that I saw. (laughs) But uh, yeah, finally done. No more international break until June now. So we can turn our attention back to. We ain't talking about it then. (laughs) Hmm? We won't be talking about it then, sir. Hold that one. Exactly. Well, I do want to so, talk about uh, that before we get to the league previews. Is something else that happened last night and Wednesday as well. The Women's Champions League deserves to be talked about after what went down in the last two days. I mean, I haven't even recovered after last night's games because oh, it's mental. That's everything yeah. you want of a football match. Yeah, and then some. The only thing that was missing was a red card in that game. Which honestly, I'm amazed didn't happen. <laughs> the way yeah. I, it got towards the end. Do you want to cover it for those who missed it? Yeah, so it was the second legs this week of the tyres, and the game we're talking about is uh, between Chelsea and Lyon. So Chelsea heading into it had a 1 0 lead, and then Lyon got a goal uh, late on in the second half. Vanessa Gilles scored it, a lovely goal as well for a defender. It was a pretty decent one, although maybe. Slow reaction defensively for Chelsea, but that's pretty fine. That's for you to analyse it in another channel. Yes. Uh, if you want a full breakdown of this week's Champions League, then head over to Women's Football Talk, where I've done a full breakdown on all the Champions League games from this week. Um, so, yeah, that sent us to extra time, that goal. And 
nothing happened in the first period of extra time. Uh, however, within minutes of the restart of the second half, Sara de Brits puts Leon 2-1 ahead on uh, aggregate. And you're thinking, that's it. The eight-time champions of the competition, the best team in Europe, are going to go through. But then last-minute drama. And I mean, forget your uh, Aguero 93-52. Forget your... <laughs> Ole Gunnar Solskjaer winning. Forget your Troy Deeney moment. <laughs> no, this moment is going to be etched in history for that. So Lauren James mm. on the left-hand side for Chelsea gets fouled by Vicky Bayer-Show of Leon. They get a penalty. Should he have been given? Mm. See, this was a different one because I've seen a lot of takes on it. But I think it is. Like, it's accidental contact. But it was enough that made a then go down, even if she probably fell over because she clipped her own heels. Yeah. For me, why I would say it isn't a penalty, because it's, it's not that clear and obvious of a mistake. That I see both takes, sides. It took VAR a while to tell the referee to go over to the screen, and then it took the referee countless amounts of replays. I thought the, I thought the design stream just lagged again. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that was quite lucky uh, yesterday, but if it took the referee that many looks at it, then it's not a clear and obvious mistake that she's made. But then I would counter back and say, when has VAR ever actually followed amongst the clear and obvious thing that it supposedly is made to do? Like, it hasn't well, yeah. been like that at any point for me. Yeah, in any like format of the game, women's or men's, it's just never consistent. So you can see there is contact from Vicky Vesha and Lauren James. Uh, then there's the whole Leon. Imagine being the referee to say no penalty in that situation as well. At Stamford Bridge as well, that would have yeah, been. Yeah, that's what I think played in maybe just slightly. Mm-hmm. If I'm playing Devil's Advocate in that yeah. situation. <laughs> but yeah, like fair play, Chelsea in the end. Yeah, winning 4 3 on penalties. Uh, and Ketrenberger pulling off a big saves of uh, Wendy Renard and Lindsay Haran and Chelsea oh. progress through to the semi-finals. And and Catherine Berger's story deserves to be told in the wider atmosphere, given her backstory as well. Yeah, so obviously it was a couple of years back she was initially uh, diagnosed with cancer, then got the all clear, and then seven months ago uh, it turned out she, it had came back and uh, was obviously missing for Chelsea for a period of time, but then she's came back, and then to do that last night, like within a seven-month period of knowing that you've got cancer again, is just absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, you deserve to be honoured for stuff like that, yeah. really. Mm. And uh, what was the other one I was going to mention? I can't remember. No, it's gone from it. Anyway. And they're not the only English team that went through as well, because we've got to talk about this first Arsenal goal. It is one of the goals of the goddamn season. Yeah, I mean, beautiful high pressing from Arsenal to win the ball back. Then I think it may have been Freedom Island that played it initially to Stina Blackstinius. Yes, I want to say. And then she back heels it to... Uh, Leah Williamson, who obviously had moved up into midfield because of Kim Little's injury. Then Leah Williamson passes it back to Freedom Island, who shot absolute top bins 
goal of the tournament. If you haven't seen it already, go check it out. Just type in Freedom on the whole best. It was amazing to see it get shared around the wider atmosphere. Like my Twitter is mainly men's football people. If I'm being Mm. honest, it was all over that. (laughs) I was just like, yep, they're enjoying this one. Yeah, well, I'm sure I've seen it's been viewed over two million times. Yeah, good. Have you seen the clip? It was the Arsenal goalkeeper and one one weller, Zinsberger, Zinsberger. reacting. It was the first time that confused me. (laughs) The Brummie accent makes it difficult, right? They, well, she was bad, reacting right? to the goal. She was seeing it back on her phone, and Frida Marn and myself was next. I said her name wrong. Yeah. <laughs> um, Marnham was next to her. So th- they were just reacting to it the first time they'd sunny. They were just going mental. Yeah. Right. It was such a brilliant goal. And for me, in that game, looking back at it now, Arsenal just had the hunger and desire to win that game compared to Barcelona. Uh, Bayern Munich, they just didn't seem to want it, Bayern. And if you'd seen it in the first leg as well, they completely deserved the goal in that as well. So, fair game. English sides in the semi-final for the first time ever. Uh, Chelsea will have a replay of the 2021 final where they face Barcelona. So, it's going to be a very tough tough ask. Barcelona, obviously, uh, the best team in European football at the minute, unbeaten in... Uh, 58 league matches and just look formidable. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then Arsenal will take on Wolfsburg, who they faced last season. And obviously went stages. out to, in that game. Yeah. And it's Arsenal's first semi-final appearance for 10 years. And their opponent back then was also Wolfsburg. <laughs> and that was when Wolfsburg were probably one of the dominant teams. I know they still are, but it, they've not... They were like yeah. top two back then. <laughs> no, oh, they're yeah, top three. Yeah, so they've slipped slightly, but not a lot. Um, so, yeah, absolutely fantastic week for women's football and English sides progressing into the semi-finals of the Champions League. And those ties will be played at the end of April on Saturday the 22nd and then Saturday the 30th. Or games may move about because I know Arsenal, um, I think, are having their game on the 1st of May uh, because of wanting to play at the Emirates Stadium. Yeah. Um, do you want to now talk Premier League games that we have this weekend? Because we're feasting. Yep. I am very, very excited for this Premier League weekend. Not because Gary Lineker will be back on Match of the Day. Because this is his first I mean, technically, he was on the FA Cup. Match the day, but yeah, I mean, we in full health because he sounded like shit. <laughs> for a man who hadn't it's talked for like... two weeks, he's somehow his voice had gone. <laughs> yeah, um, we do have absolutely talking to all that press it. outside his house. Fuck off, leave <laughs> me alone. <laughs> oh gosh, but yeah, starting off, Manchester City versus Liverpool, half past twelve tomorrow. <clears throat> Can Man City? Close the gap to Arsenal, or is it too late for them now? Well, no, <laughs> I never roll out anything in the way this, this Premier League season's going. But the way Liverpool are, I, I've no idea how this is going to go. This is this screams a game Liverpool will actually turn up and play good for, like just like the Man United one. Yeah, I mean they faced each other twice already this season: once in the league and once in the Carabao Cup. 
the last one being the Carabao Cup back in December with Man City winning that 3-2. And Liverpool actually won the reverse fixture in the league uh, early on this season, 1-0. So don't write off Liverpool and what they could potentially do. But Erling Haaland's obviously had a full international break to rest and recover after pulling out due to injury. I think he's going to be fine for this one. I swear they said there were still doubts there. Yeah, I think he was missing from... From what I saw yesterday, he was missing from their open training session. Uh, but it's not like it's a problem because they have got Julian Alvarez to play up top should he not be available. You say it's not a problem, but it's always going to be a problem when you're 28-goal striker. <laughs> is that... Well, yeah. As good as Julian Alvarez could be, Erling Haaland is Erling Haaland. Yeah, there's no dispute in that. Um, City, obviously are second with 61 points. Liverpool in sixth on 42 points. Uh, They're ahead of Brighton and Brentford on goal difference. However, Brentford do have a game in hand. uh, Brighton have a game in hand over Liverpool, sorry. So it's not all plain sailing for Liverpool here on out uh, in terms of getting guaranteed European football. And then, I mean, if you look at their next couple of games, though, it's such a, such a, hard couple of fixtures for Liverpool because they play Man City this weekend then in midweek they face Chelsea then at the weekend next weekend they play Arsenal then they uh, travel to Leeds uh, on the 17th of April and then they've still got to play Spurs Leicester and Aston Villa for the rest of the season as well yeah what a rod <laughs> when you know mm-hmm. that yeah it's, it's, it's going to be a difficult but challenging one for Liverpool and if they yeah. come through with more wins than losses then yeah they've done well yeah and if they can get Europa League football then considering how topsy-turvy their season has been I think it'll be somewhat of a promising uh, season obviously they can still get Champions League football being seven points behind Spurs but I think you've got to be concentrating on making sure you get Europa League and then anything else is let nature take its course. <laughs> let nature take its course. <laughs> uh, but, uh, man, see the predators in this case. <laughs> yes. Ireland <laughs> is the lion and Liverpool are just that piece of meat. Yeah. <laughs> it's just dangling. Van Dijk. It's just the steak on the <laughs> Which nature any? You just gotta let him have it. Yes. <laughs> Uh, uh, where, where do we go next? This weekend? Well, I feel like we've got to talk about the no longer elephant in the room, Conte being uh, sacked by Spurs oh, yeah. since we've <laughs> uh, been off the year. So they face Everton on Monday night. Uh, they announced that Christian Stellini will be in charge for the rest of the season. So it'll be him and Ryan Mason working together. We, all, we said pre-international break it was just a matter of when rather than if Contu was going to leave yeah I mean he decided to wait till half ten on a Sunday but <laughs> yeah it happened and it needed to in a way mm-hmm. how much does this impact Spurs' season going forward though because they've got two point cushion over Newcastle United for that last Champions League spot at the minute they've played two games more than Eddie Howe's side is there going to be a sort of revival under Stellini or will they just 
tail off now for the rest of the season. You've got to think, this isn't a new guy coming in just to steady the ship. This is a man who's been there all season and has had mm. like a month where he was the guy in charge, pretty much. And yeah. they didn't look any different. <laughs> mm. So, yeah, no. <laughs> Same old. surprise me. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if you see Spurs end up finishing outside the top seven. Because of how they turn it around, yeah. Like Ever- yeah. going to Everton isn't going to be easy. Everton on a Monday night, no. yeah, they'll be up for it. Yeah, or I mean, you'd, or at least you'd at... hope they'd be up for it if they want to survive. Well, yeah, I mean, looking at their last three fixtures again at Goodison Park, nil nil draw last season, uh, 2021-22, 2020-21 season, a two two draw. And then they played in the FA Cup that season and Everton won 5-4. So it hasn't been a happy hunting ground for Spurs in uh, recent games. And obviously, like you say, Everton are going to be up for it, trying to get a survival. Yeah, currently outside the relegation zone on 26 points, but that bottom 12 is going to be, well, 12 downwards is going to be very interesting. And especially with some of the weekend games that we have, they all play each other as well. So there's no yeah. better time to get a win, get away from it all, give yourself a bit of breathing space. Should we go through all those games? Because when I say six pointers, they they are literally every single one of them is, is a six pointer. They're, they're, they're not they're not six pointers. They're six hundred pointers. They're that big this week. These are the season defining matches that they are they just have. Yeah. So Crystal Palace versus Leicester City. Obviously, it would be Roy Hodgson's first game in charge since he was reappointed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that also happened over the international break. Um, yeah. Not surprising. So this is this me. one you can define as you lose, you're in it. You win. All right. You're probably in a better chance of surviving. Yeah. Um, Forest versus Wolves as well. Uh, I'd probably Saturday put that lunchtime. in the same category, but maybe just a bit lower. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for Forest the... because Brennan Johnson supposedly a doubt. Yes, uh, I don't know anything more as of this minute in time as recording, but yeah, it would be a big blow if he's not available for Steve Cooper's side, because considering how good he's been this season for them, yeah. and uh, the lunchtime kickoff on Sunday, West Ham Southampton. That's the big one for me. Like, yeah. That's huge. That's also defining for Moyes, I feel, as well. If they lose that, you've got to do it. (laughs) I think they won't, though, even if they lose that game. I don't think he gets there. It gets to a point where it's like, is it too late now? And I feel like it's the same thing with Palace, I feel, because Palace did the thing you probably would have expected West Ham to do at that point. But now it's almost, Mm -hmm. is it too late for West Ham? There's still a chance. Who, who do they put in? Maybe he's like a caretaker at this point. They don't go and hire someone at this point. Just Give it Mark Noble to the end of the season. I was going to say, does he have his coaching badges? Is he the CEO? Now? Now? <laughs> what's, his, what's his job he's, role? He's something. I think he's te- like technical director, or something behind the scenes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, if they were to get rid of Moisey with. Uh, they would have 11 games left of the season. That's still enough. That's 33 points available. Still uh, someone getting it in to turn it around. But like you say, 
do you bring someone in just till uh, the end of the season or do you look for an appointment permanently? That is the question. One that I don't have the answer to because I'm not West Ham. I'm worried about things above the table. (laughs) If we bring you back former managers this week uh, with Roy Hodgson coming back to Crystal Palace, I've heard Big Sam's available for a job. Ready made, isn't it? Yes. Big Sam's available. (laughs) Offer him a pint of gravy for every point you pick up now for the rest of the season. He'll come walking back. (laughs) Paper pie. (laughs) <laughs> that I'll start calling it. <laughs> That's really gone. Oh god! But yeah, um, big big battles down the bottom uh, of the Premier League this weekend. Uh, quick look at the rest of the fixtures: Arsenal play Leeds, uh, Bournemouth play Fulham, and Brentford travel to Brighton and Hove Albion and then on Saturday evening it's Chelsea versus Aston Villa so you could take your relegation six pointers all you want but the battle for 10th is where it's really at <laughs> big big one like if, well, if we come through this it will be amazing just to not be 11th for a weekend yeah I mean, it's still quite all to play for because a win for either side would put them on 41 points, if my maths is correct. Yeah. And if Liverpool and uh, the teams above you both drop points, you'd only be two points maximum away from a potential Europa Conference League or even Europa League place. So you're telling me there's a chance. (laughs) I mean, slim, but there's a chance. Honestly, I bet like our away form is has been one of the best things about Unai Emery since he's coming, and I give us a very good chance against the Chelsea team that are very hit and miss. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what to expect with Chelsea because obviously it's how we are. If we're up for this and we do very well, and they find it hard to break us down, then give us a chance. Hmm. Because what was Chelsea? Was Chelsea's last fixture in the league, or was it the Champions League? Chelsea's last fixture was Everton, which was a two-two draw. Because Ellis Sims scored that last minute equaliser for them. So you don't want uh, that to be happening again. And I think this game's going to be a lot closer than that one for Chelsea, especially like you say, speaking on how Aston Villa have done under Unai Emery. I expect us to be. Um, very well organised. And hit, yeah. hit them on the counter very much. I don't want to say similar to Everton because I think we do a lot better. I mean, most teams probably do better than Everton at that this season. <laughs> Not the Everton fans then. <laughs> uh, do you want but, to talk yeah. about the top? There's a top four clash Manchester United and Newcastle. Are you intrigued for that one? Yeah. The Carabao Cup final rematch. They're looking for revenge. Yeah. Um, They'll have Nick Pope and Sven Botman available for it as well. <laughs> They'll have a fair, so, fair chance this time. Yes. Um, <laughs> Is that how you want yeah. to say, really? No. I mean, I don't... What was Man United's last game? Table, they could actually go level with you if they win this. Yeah, they'd go above because they'd have a better goal difference. Yeah, I didn't say that bit. So, are you panicking at top four if you don't win this? I'd say there's a little uh, to worry, but I think, again, it all depends on 
how the other teams below, so Spurs and Liverpool, get on this weekend. If they both lose or drop points, then I wouldn't say there's too much of a worry. But if they win just, and United just, drop points, then yeah, there would be a bit of just, a worry to start creeping in. You should just tell the rest of the Man United fans and fan channels alike, don't worry guys, Spurs are your biggest competition. They will give you a chance. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we all Do know not what Spurs are like. It's only Spurs. You got to play something. Um, I am not too sure. I feel like you do because I don't. Recall yeah, we do. Playing at Old Trafford. Yeah. No, it was at Old Trafford. We're playing it's, at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Thursday, twenty seventh, quarter past eight. That's a light kickoff. Yeah. Um. I actually, what was the first result? Uh, we won two 0 at our place back in October. It was so long ago. <laughs> it's yeah. like I was watching a video the other day and I completely forgot this crazy VAR decision that happened between West Ham and Chelsea. Like way back at the start of the season, it was the one where Bowen had supposedly fouled or stamped on Mendy, even though it probably should have been a penalty instead. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, that was so Chelsea long ago. One, like a minute later. I like remember. at the opposite end. But it was, it was nuts. It was like, <laughs> yeah. This season is, I think, because of the World Cup, it's just felt so so long. Yeah, like it has. We're a good thing though, because we'll look back at the end and go like, "Oh, this happened. Oh, this happened. Oh, this might just be the best season ever." Because if you think about it, when Chelsea played Spurs at the start of the season, Conte and Tuchel were in charge, and that we had the fight. We had that <laughs> that fight. Neither of them out there. Clubs Make anymore. Antonio Conte Borussia Dortmund manager now. <laughs> That's how much has changed in the season. Conte and Tuchel were in charge of Chelsea and Spurs, and neither of them are there anymore. Yeah. It's just absolutely uh, wild scenes. But yeah, that is the Premier League done and dusted. Let's head over into the European leagues. And what a first game for Thomas Tuchel. Uh, obviously, because that also happened over the international break. Julian Nagel's men got sacked, and Thomas Tuchel what was. What the hell was going on there? <laughs> I know, I know they've not been as good, and we had touched on this, but because they're not 10 points clear in the league for a change, yeah, he's not good enough, get rid. Well, some of it was coming out of like his tactics. Um, I know, I had seen that ages well. ago, they weren't impressed with it. Is he one of the managers yeah. where your tactics work well at you know, a Leipzig or a Hoffenheim when he, had this, when he came onto the scene? Coming to a big mm. club like Bayern where you want to do the same, you, you can't do it. Yeah, they're not I mean, willing to embrace it as much. Mm. I saw a video yesterday as well. Um, I don't know how much truth there is into this, but um, apparently he's like training session or some sort of tactics got leaked to um, build the German newspaper. Well, this is where I'm going to come in because do you know about the thing where he likes a screen being shown? Yeah. yeah. Well, no wonder you could probably see just hopping over the fence. You can just see the screen. Mm. But he, his tactics got. I don't know what's going to be asked of it on a field day with Bayern under Junior. Yeah. Like... Well, I don't know whether it's like how his team were going to set up for a certain game or how they plan to set up for like certain games. But that got leaked to the German press build. And apparently he was furious about it getting leaked. And other stuff led to his second. Then you look at uh, where his ex-girlfriend used to work. 
because she's a journalist or former journalist. And where did she work? Oh, yeah, Build. <clears throat> I didn't know about any of this. So I have no opinion. <laughs> it's all alleged. Yeah, so... <laughs> Uh, and then within 24 hours of him getting sacked from Bayern Munich, them two are no longer together. Oh, Jesus. Sips tea. This is almost Mario Cardi levels. <laughs> yeah. Like keeping up with the Nagelsmans. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Thomas Ducal's bought in and his Netflix. first game will be... <laughs> Yes, uh, his first game will be against his former club as we have the Classica on Saturday afternoon at half past five. Like, there's not any better to... first games you can have. Just yeah, what a way amazing. to get the Bayern fans on your side as well by beating your former club, beating Borussia Dortmund and sending his top of the league. Absolutely perfect. Uh, elsewhere, you have uh, Schalke versus Bayer Leverkusen. Uh, Union Berlin, who still sit in third place, they tr- uh, play host to Stuttgart and Freiburg, who are in fourth ahead of Leipzig. They play Hertha Berlin and Leipzig play host to Mainz all on Saturday afternoon. So some good fixtures to look forward to there. Over in La Liga this weekend, uh, Atletico Madrid play host to Real Betis, Real Madrid play Real Valladolid and Barcelona travel to Elche. Obviously, Barcelona continuing to dominate La Liga well, they're gonna win. this season. Yeah, unless something drastically happens where they just fold and uh, drop points willy-nilly, but I don't think that will be happening. Uh, over in <laughs> yes, over in Italy this weekend, again, another tasty game to look forward to on Sunday evening as Napoli play host to AC Milan. Obviously, nice. Napoli... <laughs> dominating uh, the league but AC Milan are wanting to make sure they don't drop more points and end up falling out of their Champions League places because they are a point ahead of Jose Mourinho's uh, Roma who sit in fifth place and three points ahead of Atalanta in sixth Um, also with Spurs speaking on Italian league did you see uh, FIFA are now putting a worldwide ban on uh, Fabio Paratici Yes. In regards to all that Juventus scandal. So I know Spurs have uh, tried to ask FIFA, like, when does it come into effect? And blah, blah, blah. And right now, you bastards. You're fucked. So uh, that could be even worse for Spurs. No manager and no uh, technical director. You're just replacing them, yeah. (laughs) They could get another one. There's many available. Definitely so, Uh, especially with Paul Mitchell. Uh, elsewhere in Italy, Villa might also be looking for one as well. It's all rumored that Unai Emery wants his own guy, and then there's a load of ones that have left clubs in Spain. I think the Raul Betis bloke left, and yes. he's heavily rumored. There was an ex Barca one as well that's <laughs> with links, it's crazy. Yes, uh, rest the Spanish Inquisition is happening at Villa. <laughs> 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 Um, Inter Milan they play Fiorentina Juventus play Hellas Verona Atalanta travel to Cremons and Roma play Sampdoria and then what well, is the last league we go into in Europe it is of course France because I nearly forgot where the hell we was going to next <laughs> yeah that's probably the only uh, thing I've seen for the Messi just hits being rumored that he's not signing on with PSG now yeah it, it's one that well, during the World Cup, it seemed like he was done and he was going to stay there for another year to two years. But now 
it just seems to be up in air. Uh, but they have a big clash this weekend as they take on Lyon. Obviously, always a big clash between those two sides, even if Lyon are having a shite season this season, down in 10th place. Like you say, you know, that's shite, actually. <laughs> it can't be that, but no, it's shite. That's terrible. Yeah. They're down in 10th on 41 points. That's how bad their season's going. Uh, Marseille, they play tonight against Montpellier. And uh, the Wolfstil Army, Stade Rems, they travel to... Uh, Sorry, Lance you know that Garden. ending now. We can, we can end this now. It's just, you, you can see on his... It's dead. You can still be a supporter of him and like the way he's gone into management. Uh, but anyway, Fraud they travel to Nantes. <laughs> Uh, so some interesting ties to look forward to both in the Premier League and in the European leagues as well this weekend. And uh, finally, your MLS watch, your Christian Benteke slash Wayne Rooney, DC United. They travel to Chicago. Call it Benteke watch, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, LAFC, they play away at Colorado Rapids. And the un... I think they're still unbeaten. Uh, St. Louis City, they play host to Minnesota. So, very interesting uh, weekend of fixtures coming up. And we'll be back on Monday to round it all up. Don't think we've missed anything out, have we? I don't. And I don't believe so. I can't think of common mind. And St. Louis are undefeated. I mean, just saying. Yes. But, uh, uh, no, nothing's coming to mind. To my... uh, how long till the semi finals of the Champions League or whatever the next round of the Champions League games are? I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. It's got to be soon. Uh, they like next week? They won't want to... Well, I've just said they won't want to collide with the women's ones, but they're, they're not going <laughs> to. No. Uh, the 11th and 12th of April are the first legs of the quarterfinals, and then sec- uh, second legs are the 18th and 19th, so just over a week to go. Yeah, decent. All on the Napoli yes. train. I am... <laughs> I mean, who isn't? Everyone else because... in the Champions League that isn't a Napoli fan. Well, I mean, neutral. I think everyone's on the Napoli train because that would be amazing to see them. Wait. For the time being. Uh, yeah. Uh, in the meantime, we'll be back on Monday to round up every talking point there is in uh, Premier League and uh, the European Leagues. Hopefully, I'll say hopefully, but we all know there's going to be some stupid VAR decision. It's I'm about there isn't. Like, you've set me up perfectly there. Like it would be cr- it would be very criminal if we saw another horrific VAR decision, and yet it still wouldn't be the most criminal thing to have happened today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in the meantime, make sure you like Politics and subscribe. <laughs> Oh, very good one it was as well. I forgot to mention the other way around there, but we wait until the VAR decision happens. Yes. Uh, in the meantime, make sure you like and subscribe wherever you get your podcast from and that you follow us on Twitter at OffTCPod for all the latest news and stories from around the world of football. Until then, we'll see you soon.